0: Okay, so just a little a little uh, familiarizing here, we've got a few people in the studio today. We've got uh, the director of my live show, Stephanie Maximize Your Life, mm-hmm. and uh, she's really here to get a feel for me and everything that we're doing because we're working on uh, our next show. And Steph is cutting together a version of Maximize Your Life for On Demand. Once we're done with our Australia tour, then we're going to do that. Did I look good in that? I doubt it. Really? I think no. I had my fancy show shirt on, even I? with that I hair.
1: Smoky eyes. Oh, I had smoky eyes. Oh. Okay. Oh, phew. And, and that made it. That improved things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So but what was that last part about Australia? Oh yeah, so we're probably
0: going to go to Australia in October. It looks for like. sure. It looks real good. Can I go too? No. <laughs> <laughs> Is she going, Steph?
1: Can I come?
0: Oh, God. So uh, mm. we're going to release uh, Maximize Your Life in January, I believe, on On Demand. And then, of course, we have Bruce Paul, our engineer, and mm-hmm. uh, Batum. Bruce, oh, you My know sister. what? We okay. should make a
1: note, since we are introducing Bruce yeah. Paul is, is go- doing something very special.
0: He's getting married. He's getting married. He's tying the and knot. I will
2: be married by the time Oh, shoot.
0: This. Yeah. yeah, Janice stole your mic. I stole you your mic. You will mind. be married. The old bond chain. We should. No. Oh, you should talk. You scared?
1: Hang on. Oh, here
2: we go. Here we go. Hi, everybody. No. Hi,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. No, I'm, I'm, I'm,
2: the only thing I'm, I'm nervous about is just being in front of people. And it's going to oh. be streamed live on the internet.
0: No, it's, I love it. It's
2: Elvis, you know, in Las Vegas. So
0: cool. <laughs> so I'm nervous
2: about that, and I'm nervous about whoever uh-huh. might be watching. And,
0: no, I love it it though well for, first of all also for those of you who haven't followed the podcast from the very beginning bruce paul is jake's dad and jake's so, is, jake is just off for a little bit because he's he working on a pro- actual, actual project, job a real it. job how dare he that's so great dude i love it good yeah, for you I'm very excited it's so it, what made you decide to kind of because you you know you're not going to have a locate uh, you're going to vegas but you don't expect everybody to come in so you're putting on the web
2: Right, exactly. So cool. It was. It was. We're doing the invitations too because we want to invite everybody to come, but we didn't want them to think you have to come. Come to Vegas. It's yeah. not a big deal. It's just going to be the wedding. It's not going to be a big party or anything. We're going to have a big party when we come back. I
0: love that. But we
2: weren't exactly. Uh, we were just going to go to Las Vegas to see Guns and Roses at the Hard Rock. That was the original thing. We weren't uh-huh. planning on getting married there. And then when we we said, well, why don't we just get married there while we're there? Because we're, you know, we're planning on getting married somewhere. Yeah. And that's how it happened.
0: I love it. I love the spontaneity of it. I yes, think that's awesome. Well, we
2: both had our big weddings uh, before in life, so <sighs> yeah,
0: why not? I feel you. You know, it's it's funny because Heidi has kind of been like, you know, now it's legal in California to get married, which pisses me off because <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but I I spent a hundred, I'm not kidding, a hundred thousand dollars creating a marriage on paper. Where we could, you know, she would get everything if I died, uh, like because of the children, so we could co-adopt the kids. Like we had domestic partners, and then the week after they legalized marriage in California, and I was irate. I was so angry because I was just like, I've had to go through hell. To create, like, these legal loopholes yeah, so I can yeah. protect my family, which, of course, I'm so happy that we have equal rights in California. Um, and, you know, hopefully, that, well, will continue throughout the rest of the United States until this prejudice becomes a thing of the past. But, you know, now she's like, well, are we going to get married? And it brought up all these feelings about marriage for me and what it means and all this stuff from my parents' marriage. Sure. and You know, and I was like, oh. God. And and the fear that came up in me of going, well, if we marry, like I thought that means we're going to break up Mm. because that's what marriage has become to me, like a foregone conclusion. Mm -hmm. Like you've counted your chickens and then it's going to end. And uh, does anyone else feel that way or am I just bananas? You You don't have any of that.
2: You're bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see with me uh, and Carol, she, she wanted to get married and I know I'm going to spend the rest of my life with her anyhow. And I'm, I'm, you know, it didn't matter to me if we were going to marry married or not, it's just how we feel about yeah. each other. I think that's that's bigger than marriage. Is, yeah. is just your love. Yeah. And uh, so I don't think it's going to jinx anything. I it's, don't think it would it ever do It scares
0: me. It's this weird superstition of like, I've always felt in life, it's this fear and this defense mechanism that I have where I'm like, the minute I count on something, I wait for the shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. And it drops because the one thing I can count on in life is that the shoe's going to drop. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, you know, it, this is silly, like what it's you're saying, silly. and I, then I, then I kind of so we had this conversation. And I was like, well, I want to wait for the kids to get older, you know. I if now that we have two kids, I like for my son to be cognizant in some way of it. He's so little; he's just turned two, you know. I want him to be able to walk the rings down the thing and be a part of it. So I was like, well, maybe you know we should give it a little bit of time. Can it, I be
1: a maid of honor?
0: Oh, oh. no.
1: Could, no, sooner, I'd,
0: I'd sooner just suffer through you in one of my workout. Okay, maybe videos. not
1: the maid of honor, but a bro- uh, like a bridesmaid. Because I look. Cause <laughs> what I are have, you gonna wear? I have a couple of gowns. Cowboy I, boots. <laughs> so when my sister got married uh, back in the seventies, I still have that dress. It's peach. It's peach colored.
3: <laughs>
0: it was off the shoulder. You know, number. this might actually be worth it to me. <laughs> I gotta be honest. This might be such a wonderful source of entertainment that I might actually push this through. At an accelerated Seriously. pace, just to see Manis no, because in a bridesmaid's dress.
1: I know I'm not your best of friend, but we're I we're pretty good friends. We're pretty good friends, and pretty I pretty good friend. And I think that I think that I should be part of it, or I could be a groomsman, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <'cause, laughs> I to have to make you a groomsman. because I g my best man. Yeah, g, g and I and you
0: can be my best man
1: because I look pretty good in uh, slacks. Yeah, in a nice pair of tailored oh, slacks. I didn't think about that. Yeah.
0: Not a bad yeah idea. G, yeah G, I could stand next to G. It's interesting though because we we had this whole conversation and 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 I kind of was like, "Oh god, babe, you know, I don't want to waste all this money and, and marriage and and It's it's not for me though. That part of it, I realized it's for Heidi and Heidi is is a little more traditional in mm-hmm. that way and so I kind of was like, "All right, you know, let's wait until Phoenix is at least three or four and he can, he gets what's going on and can appreciate the significance of it. And I kind of put it in her hands and I was like, she's always wanted to go to Italy. And I was like, well, maybe we'll take our friends kind of like what we did for India. Mm-hmm. And I, and I said, let's take like a group of friends and maybe we'll go to Italy to like Lake Cuomo. And if we're going to do it, then we'll make it really special or let's just elope, like and, and do it like that. And, and, um, and so I, I kind of gave it to her because it's, it's, it means more to her like that, the pomp and circumstance of it all. Uh, but I really, man, it was amazing how all the, all the insecurities and the junk from my parents' marriage and woof, Ugh freaked me out, man. I love that you can just like go into this and it's just kind of like, you know, I want this and that there's no fear and that's, that, that's admirable. News?
1: Oh, I'm the last person you should ask. My God. <laughs> hell, cold in hell when old noose gets the old wedding going. I don't think so.
0: <laughs> I don't think so. But you know it's also fascinating? Because there are over a 1,000 rights that are tied to marriage. And, of course, I know this because... Because I, you paid $100,000 yeah. for a contract. Well, exactly. And I, I also, you know, I'm not a big... I never preach to people about being gay. I don't get up on some sort of soapbox and tell people what they should think. And, you know, if you don't like gay people, that's your prerogative. But I do believe in equal rights. I mean, I pay more than my fair share of taxes. I deserve to be treated equally, and my kids should be protected and all of this. And this to me is just, I can see the same side of just about every frickin' issue, from guns to, you know, abortion. I can see everybody's position, and I always know the answer somewhere in the middle on all of it. But with civil rights, no, it's a one-sided issue. People are equal no matter what, and they deserve to be treated equal. And yet now we have the right, and then it's like all this fear comes up inside of me. It's fascinating about like if, if, I, if I really buy into this possibility that this is actually, you know, we could be together forever, and you know, we could have equal rights. And, and my fear is that it will all be taken away. You know, and I always tell people, I need you to commit to your dreams. I need you to believe. I need you to buy in. I need you to, and, and you won't because you're afraid and you're afraid it won't happen and you defend against it. And I, there is that, there is definitely that. And so I, I've said that I, you know, when the kids are older, I'll, oh, don't, I'll be standing there
1: right beside you. If, if I'm, of course, on the bridesmaid's side, if I'm on the groomsman's side, I'll be a little
0: bit further. No, I'm the, I would be, like, if we were going to do that... Oh, they'll be mean, on I'm, your side. I'm definitely the man in the family.
1: Oh, so you would be you and then G, and then can I be the next person in the line? I don't want to be way down the line. I want to be, like, next to... Next to G... And then you got to take us all out for manicures and pet. Like, Phoenix that's He started
0: picking his could... nose, though. I have to wait until he's out of the nose picking phase because I know he'll have a big finger up his nose as he walks down the aisle. I still pick my nose. He pulls a booger out of there and he goes, I got it! <laughs> I got it! <laughs> 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 it's just. <laughs> See, that, what a great wedding video that would I be. I got it! He got it! <laughs> and he shows it to me. Like, I, and Lou just looks with horror. Horror on her face. That's because she's yeah. a lady. Anyway, congrats! Wow. Thank you very much. Yeah, long.
1: all the best to you, Paul. Thank it's you. wonderful. It's wonderful.
0: We're talking about Blue Apron right now. Mm-hmm. You excited, Manis? I am. Yeah. Guys, maybe you've heard me talk about this company already. They are so cool here is what they do. They deliver all the fresh ingredients you need right to your doorstep in the exact proportions to make delicious meals of your choice and guess what this means no trips to the grocery store no waste from unused ingredients and no waste of extra cost plus we all know the healthy advantages of cooking a meal at home instead of bringing in food or going out and getting food because you cannot control how much salt sugar oil butter they put into the food Each menu takes 40 minutes or less. You simply sign up at BlueApron.com slash Jillian today. And guess what? You can get three meals per week for two people starting as low as $9.99 per person. Plus, there's free shipping. So for a limited time, all my listeners who sign up at BlueApron.com slash Jillian will be eligible for two meals free on their first delivery, which is a value of up to $20 on your first order tonight. Tonight. I'm going to be enjoying the Latin Spiced Shrimp Butter Lettuce Cups. Jealous? <laughs> now, Blue Apron is a subscription service with no commitment, and this means you can cancel at any time you want. It's great for families. It's great for people on the go, couples looking for a healthier alternative to takeout. Just go to blueapron.com Jillian and check it out. So, alright, this isn't exactly snappy. Oh. I can't say it's snappy, but I do think that the, you know, these tools are meant to be takeaway, and I, I do think there's takeaway as an in information that has some sort of value to you. Uh, and I, I do think that there is some info here, although not conventional, in the form of tips. But two things really struck me that I wanted to talk about, and I realized that in a very bizarre roundabout sort of way they are connected. Uh, First one, we lost Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. And I was stunned at how deeply that affected me. I literally started, tears started streaming down my face when I heard about it. And I didn't, you know, I'm such an ass. I learned about it on Twitter. One of my, uh, you know, one of my little people on Twitter had tweeted me a photo and it said, like, you know, a photo of Maya Angelou. And it had a little quote of hers and it said, rest in peace. And I was like, what? What? And I was like, no, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. And I was like, wait a minute, what is this? And i like, you know, you're immediately like, wait, wait, wait. And I, yeah. I Googled her name instant, instantly to see what was going on. And then, you know, I, we found out that we had lost her. And I could not believe, you know, normally you hear, oh, we lost uh, Michael Jackson. We lost, you know, various celebrities and oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. This one, that one, this one, even Nelson Mandela, which was a big one, uh, And you go, oh, God, and you just think you're so sad. You know, you're so sad. James Gandolfini, even, you're like, oh, the family. You just think of the family and you think how sad and you just feel bad for everybody involved. And the world feels a little bit lonelier that day. But, you know, if these people are not in your immediate reality, you know, you just you kind of you're like, ugh. and you sort of go about your day. And for some reason, when I heard about Maya Angelou, it I felt like somebody grabbed me and shook me. I felt like we lost a mother. And for some reason, there was something about this woman that made me feel safer knowing she was in the world. That mm-hmm. made me feel like there was a good, strong, powerful, inspirational woman in this world and while she's here, you know, it makes us all want to be on our best behavior just a little bit more. And you know, I remember she was talking about going into her eighties, and I can't remember the quote, and I don't want to butcher, it, but she's like, "I went into my sixties, and I thought this, and my seventies, and I thought that. and Now I'm in my eighties, and the eighties are rocking,
1: <laughs> you know." And
0: I, and she said rocking, and I remember thinking mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. "Oh, so the eighties can rock? Like I'm not going to be afraid of aging because Maya Angelou's not afraid of aging." And There was just something about her that gave me a constant peace, and I never did get to meet her personally, which was a huge, by the way, talk about a massive regret, although I can't regret it because it wasn't like I passed on an opportunity. Uh, My publisher, uh, Random House, uh, they also represented Maya Angelou, and so as a birthday gift, they had her sign a book to me. Mm. Um, I know why the cage word sings. They had her sign that to me. And it's like one of my prized possessions. Mm -hmm. I think I even at one point Facebooked it and was so excited to have it. And um, now I'm just thinking like, of course I'm going to pass it on to Lou when she's older and the time is right. But it just, Oh, it just devastated me. And it, it devastated me because of everything she represented. And I, I just constantly feel the struggle of the good and the evil in the world constantly I see it around me and I've gotten to this place in my evolution where this is big for me by the way where I now have accepted we will never eradicate evil from the world and someone had told me that all of the great biblical uh, gurus I can't can't think of what the proper term is but like Jesus the Buddha and so on have said there will never be peace on earth there will never be peace on earth and there was something about that that I was like okay so there's never going to be peace on earth but we can decide again, which side are we on? It's like Star Wars. Are you on the dark side or are right, you with the right. Force? And so, you know, it used to torment me to see all this evil in the world and it would really disturb me. And it is, and I, I've gotten older and I'm sort of like, okay, you know, this is going on, but what can I contribute? And something about having her in the world, it was like we lost Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I just was wrecked, I was destroyed. And then later that day, Because I follow all these different things. It's funny how I digest my news these days is on like Facebook and things. And I follow like this thing called Upworthy. And I follow the TED Talks and um, Time Magazine on Twitter. And Time Magazine had this thing up about girls uh, slut shaming each other. Wow And I pulled this up. Yeah. When girls use the word slut to bully each other. A new study finds that girls police social hierarchies by slut shaming. And uh, and it just goes on to talk about how researchers track these women and women that are of like a, a, a higher well-to-do class, even though they hook up more, hook up as in hook up with boys sexually, more often than girls who are of uh, lower-income families. They slut-shame these girls in lower-income families to maintain this, this hierarchy of our social structure. And it was kind of interesting because this article ended and it wasn't like providing these high status women with more sexual experience tended to define their lifestyle as classy rather than trashy. However, if lower status girls tried to mimic that experience, they would immediately be called trashy. And it sort of goes on about how women, you know, keep each other down. And we've talked about this a lot on the show and how it really disheartens me to not have a sisterhood of sorts and... Now we're the first ones to bully one another about motherhood and weight, and now this slut-shaming thing, Uh, and and they had a quote in here from Tina Fey, and it said, sadly, girl-on-girl fighting usually ends up empowering men. As Tina Fey's character said in the movie Mean Girls, you've got to stop calling each other sluts and whores. It just makes it okay for guys to call you sluts and whores. And again, please don't think I'm I'm saying men are the bad guy here, but I, I think that we as women are constantly bitching about how we're treated and the, we're, we're treating ourselves far worse. And I look at yeah. men that just, like all of my guy friends look at the things we do as women to one another have been a, Bruce, Bruce Paul, what do you, just you Paul. Men don't do this to each other. Uh, I've never seen it. Not in the,
2: Not in the same way. Not in the same way. Men, it's more of a... Uh, Men just want to be, some men just want to be tougher than other men. Okay. Just Just physically, that's it. But it's I've it's not seen, But I've
0: never seen, but like the guys that might not be as tough have a respect and an admiration for the guy that's more tough and they develop this kind of like... I don't know. They're buds. They're bros. And guys have a pack structure. There's no doubt. Right. Like I've seen it as like who's the leader of that. But we have it in my office. Who's the alpha dog? And it's like John Carlo's the alpha dog. And then you know it's like all the boys in the office and whatever. And all, us girls are all like oh the boys. And we let them have their little pack thing. And they all go to the gym together and they go out together and whatever. But like I've never seen men like slut shame and fat shame, and it's just, I don't see that, and it's, you know, so the irony is, like, I went from this woman who has been such a great humanitarian, really, such a great humanitarian, civil rights, you know, uh, women's rights, African-American rights, human rights, and how she always talked about love and acceptance and self-acceptance and how love finds a way to conquer hate and fear and Losing her to reading this article on the same day. And I was like, this is not helping. (laughs) It was just like, I was like, oh God, this is. And I, and I really looked around me and thought, who do we have? Like we're losing, we're losing our heroes. We lost Nelson Mandela this year. We lost now Maya Angelou this year. And it's like, who's going to emerge as that hero of greatness in our generation? And, you know, (sighs) I haven't seen it yet. Mind you, they were both in their 80s and 90s. And you see some 60-year-olds that are that are pretty... Murray Shriver's pretty incredible. I'll be devastated. God forbid we ever lose her. But it's just kind of like, you know, you know. I love my Susie Orman more than anything. And she's been such an incredible mentor to me. She mentors me at any... T- no matter what I'm going through, she'll get on the phone with me at 5 in the morning and talk to me. Wow. She's like, I'm here, call me. I'm like, it's 5 in the morning. She's like, call me, I'm up. Mm. And she'll talk to me like... No fear of helping me. No insecurities with other women. None. She's so secure. Like, she's about elevating everybody and empowering everybody. But I, I guess I would just ask... All of us out there, you know and guys, I don't mean to exclude you because I've been getting a lot of, a lot of crap from men saying, you know your Facebook makes me feel excluded, your podcast makes me feel excluded and so from for my male listeners, I apologize. maybe you can help me by when you see your wife, your sister, your daughter engaging in these behaviors, calling them out on it calling them out on it because i find that strong men are the best feminists the rock is one of the best feminists I've ever
1: mm-hmm. met.
0: <laughs> you know I, I i've really found that strong men are a very like have very feminist tendencies and i i would just say you know look out there at the women that you do admire and instead of trashing each other let's really pause and try to feel more secure with our status or with who we are and where we're at and Attacking other women is not going to maintain your position. It's not going to elevate you in any way. In fact, it just shows an ugly side and it drags you down in the long run. And it is those, those women and those individuals, for example, who do celebrate other people's successes. Uh, I read this. A candle doesn't lose anything by lighting another candle's flame. And so it just makes the world that much brighter. And I I would simply say, please try to see it that way. And when I look at someone like Maya Angelou every day, she made me want to be a better woman. She really did. Like when you remember that movie, As Good As It Gets, when he says to Helen Hunt, you make me want to be a better man. My kids make me want to be a better mom and a better person. But when I look at women like her and, you know, the Mother Teresa's of the world and the Nelson Mandela's of the world, it makes me think I can be better. I can do better. I can have more integrity I don't need all these things you know this is this is coming from fear this is coming from insecurity let me release these things and let me channel this into and and I just I don't know if we're gonna lose her and I know she's had a long life I know and Janice you even said you know she was in her 80s I know it and I'm, I'm not sad for her I'm sad for us yeah Sorry, so I'm going. Yeah, yeah no, I agree I agree I'm sad for us and I, I would just say like let's give this loss a meaning and endeavor to be more like that in our lives and really set a goal for yourself that we're all insecure, we all judge other people and I catch myself doing it all the time and I, I immediately am like, stop, gross, stop it. And I, I stop myself, but I take the fat shaming, the sludge shaming, the bashing of other human beings based on their ethnicity or their age out of your vocabulary, start there. That's, that's, yeah. That's all. Okay. I'm done. Okay. Not very snappy, I guess. No, but it was lovely. Oh! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lovely. We'll be right back. <laughs> interesting about McManus huh. like you can take the McManus out of the 70s but you can't take the 70s out of McManus <laughs> she still found a way to make that phone as big as humanly possible like a it's 1980s not- car phone that's what that thing looks like now you took the iPhone the sleekest freaking smartphone on the market and turned it into a, like an eyesore okay i realize these colors don't go together very well colors you've got salmon (laughs) purple and black
1: it's plastic kevlar when i'm in the bush i need protection (laughs) oh dear (laughs) what did i just say
0: (laughs) no one knows
1: oh no (laughs) oh no oh dear Okay. When I'm hiking in mm. the woods, yeah. I need to protect my phone. That's what a I meant to say. A simple
0: rubber case <laughs> will do it. <clears throat> well, see. Clip it on like a pager. Reminds you of your pager, doesn't it? Clip it on your belt there.
1: That's right. Hello there, Mr. Bear.
0: Autumn page Janice. <laughs> All right. Well, Janice, I had a segment. <laughs> yes. But and the phone I- was so distracting, I could barely. Uh, what? I couldn't think straight. Is
1: the segment.
0: All right. So, I've met a lot of smokers. And when I approach them about quitting, mm-hmm. I have found that there's a huge concern that they'll gain weight. Somehow, that concern actually is, uh, in some instances, outweighs the concern of dying of lung cancer, which I find amazing. But that is a big concern. Yes, I've met smokers. That They're like, oh, that I'll gain weight. I don't want to gain weight. And so I thought, let's let's talk about this for a second. Okay. First of all, yeah, you know what? It is possible. You might gain a little bit of weight at first. And here's why. Uh, nicotine does suppress appetite. It suppresses the urge to eat. And it does stimulate metabolism. So without it, when you first get off of it, there is going to be a biochemical shift. Your body has to adapt. And there is the hand-to-mouth habit, the behavior, the oral fixation that won't be there. So you might put on 5 to 10, God forbid, 15 <laughs> extra pounds, which is a lot. It Usually, it, the number suggests it's 5 to 10 extra pounds. But guess what? The benefits of quitting smoking, like lowering your risk of heart disease... <laughs> Not dying of lung cancer, not stinking to high heaven, having fresh breath, not getting or you know mouth cancer or I can't even remember the name I've seen the most horrible not losing your jaw you know yeah, these are true. really good benefits. So here's the thing uh, quitting cold turkey is very hard and what a lot of people have had success success with are using nicotine replacement medications. So you don't go cold turkey, and it helps you to kind of ease those cravings. Try something like the nicotine patch, the lozenge, the inhaler, the nasal spray. It moderates those withdrawal symptoms, and your appetite won't go haywire. And then there's also Zyban as well, which Mm -hmm. helps the cravings. And then your doctor can start to wean you off of it, which is a decent strategy. And another thing you want to think about, don't think about the weight and the nicotine at the same time. Kicking tobacco is, I have heard, I don't know personally, because fortunately I never took up smoking because my grandmother died of lung cancer. I think (laughs) worst thing that ever happened to me, but honestly, if if, one of the best things that could have ever happened to me because I never experimented with smoking and I was a rebellious kid and I was so angry about the whole thing. I hated cigarettes so much that I, I never actually even experimented with cigarettes. So I've heard that kicking tobacco was harder than heroin. That's what I've heard from a chemical perspective, Mm -hmm. and it requires all of your mental and physical energy to beat this addiction. So don't think about the weight gain or weight loss at the same time. Focus solely on kicking cigarettes, what the best strategy will be that works for you, why you're kicking the cigarettes, the benefits that it will hold for you in the long run, and then down the road, you can focus on, oh, I put on five pounds, I put on 10 pounds, And you can focus on that. I will also say, though, that exercise is a great way to help you kick cigarettes. Yes, because of the way it affects your biochemistry, releasing serotonin, dopamine, all of that. But it also is... uh, Oh, my goodness, Jillian. It's a... What's the word I'm looking for? I've said this a million times. It's a contradictory behavior. That's not the right word. But essentially, it's a behavior that doesn't lend itself to smoking. So you go to the gym. You've just worked out. You've huffed. You've puffed. You've beat yourself up. You're sweaty. You feel good. You feel healthier. You feel invigorated. It doesn't. It's not a behavior that lends itself to, hey, let me go light up a smoke. No, it's a behavior that lends itself to a wheatgrass shot you want to continue on that healthy kick. Mm-hmm. So I do recommend exercising while you're quitting smoking because it gets you in that healthier mind frame and it will help you with the biochemical changes of getting off of nicotine. But don't worry so much about the weight gain. The weight, a few extra pounds will come off in the long run. This is worth it. And you should talk to your doctor about different strategies you can utilize to quit. And don't think that you have to go cold turkey. You don't. Um, you know, one question that I've been
1: asked about, quitting smoking and exercises, is because there's, is it too to taxing, for lack of a better term, on the heart, on the vessels, because no. the,
0: the body's, really? No, 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 no. In fact, um, exercise is the number, it's housekeeping for the body. it will, It actually helps the body process all oh, that, that garbage toxic. that comes up and goes out. Yeah. It literally is housekeeping for the body. Okay. cleans the system, flushes all that junk out through the kidneys and the livers. It gets metabolized and processed quicker. Because the heart, the heart, I, I've talked to people and their heart does... You don't go as intense. No, you got to yeah. start where you're at. Right. And you're probably going to feel really nauseous. I've had a ton of smokers come to Biggest Loser. Really? Oh, pff. Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: And do you nip it in the bud right away? Like, do they have to quit uh, right away or, well, or do they sneak and
0: cheat? I <laughs> have asked them to quit. Right. Um, I haven't always had the support that I've wanted, but I I strongly encourage that they quit. The show doesn't force them to quit, but I have asked them to quit. Really? Yes. Yeah. And do, I don't have the authority, though. If the show doesn't force them to quit, they don't yeah, have right. to quit. Right, gotcha. Um, but, yeah, I, I have had... Big issues about it on the show.
1: Hmm.
0: Getting people to come, come, they smoke. Getting them to give it up—it's been a challenge for many on the show. Huh. Wow. I don't but know why the, that surprises me, but it does. Yeah, I mean, but but the, Jay, last season it was a whole. Oh my God, knockdown, dragout fights, and I didn't have the support that I would have liked to have had. And you know what happened, Bob and I this is the truth, had a little powwow behind the scenes and Bob went and said, I think it's an unfair advantage if he smokes. And that's how I got, you can no longer have it. Hmm. He was chewing tobacco actually. It wasn't cigarettes. Oh yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's how we did it. It's still nicotine. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah.
1: And it's even, you know, so bad.
0: Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about mouth cancer. Yikes! Yikes. Yep. Yeah, no good. Anyway, it, this is it's a huge issue, and it is a killer flat out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Please, God, put all of your energy into giving it up.
1: Yeah, and that's great advice to say, quit the smoking first, and then and let the weight because it's like trying to quit two habits because it's like you know, in quitting drinking, you your sugar, you you crave sugar. It's like yeah. eat the damn sugar. I gotta
0: you know, tell it's you, okay. I have noticed eat the that. damn sugar when I don't drink. I crave more sugar and I don't drink often, but boy, it's fascinating. If I have a glass of wine at dinner, I for some reason don't feel like the chocolate after dinner. But if I don't have the glass of wine, then I always want a sweet after dinner. Something. Yeah. It's weird. And, but you know what? Pick pick your poison. Yeah. Literally. So. You know. So. I know. Anyway. Moderately. Anyway. Moderately. No tobacco, though. You can't pick that.
1: Yeah. You can't pick. That's right. That's right. Cool. Good. That was very good advice. Thank you.
0: There are so many people that come up to me and talk to me about how they've lost weight and how they've found fitness to be a transformational agent. What was your what was your term for that? Autumn vehicle vehicle and and of course Bruce Paul said aspect right. Fitness is something that has transformed their lives and so often. I always hear oh you know I'm thinking about becoming a trainer I'm gonna become a trainer I wanna become a trainer and help people and you know what I was in the same place I was an overweight kid and fitness helped me change my life not just my body If this is something that you're thinking about, if you're passionate about fitness or passionate about helping people change their life, get their health back, then what the heck are you waiting for? Become a personal trainer with the National Academy of Sports Medicine. And guess what? You get paid to stay in shape and help others reach their fitness goals. Plus, these guys are going to guarantee that you'll land a job within 60 days of your certification or they're going to give you your money back. The fitness industry is booming. There is a huge demand for certified personal trainers. You can earn great money doing something you love. All you got to do is visit myusatrainer.com today and get started with your free 14-day sneak peek of our fast, fun online program. That's 14 free days closer to your dream job. Making great money at MyUSATrainer.com. That's MyUSATrainer.com. And just in case you didn't get it the first three times, MyUSATrainer.com. All right, we're
1: back and calling from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Oh, a canuck. A Canuck. Hey, oh, yeah. Is... <laughs> Rachel Hello. Rachel Can wants look. to talk to you.
0: Hey Rachel, what's going on? Hi, Dillian. It's nice to talk to you. You too, buddy. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. Good.
3: So my question is um about a situation that I'm dealing with at work. Basically, um I work in marketing. I work for an accounting firm. And I am kind of the acting manager of my team without a manager title or a manager salary, for that matter. Okay. Um, when you work for accountants, that is difficult. Okay. So basically I've been there for three years, and I've worked really hard for them. So I kind of went to them and said, I'm already doing this role. I would like a manager title and more money, basically. Got it. And uh, they've been kind of bantering back and forth the politics of it for about six weeks now. (laughs) Um, I still don't have an answer. No one seems to really know when I'm going to have an answer. And I'm just wondering if this is happening for a reason. I mean, I never envisioned that this was how I was going to spend my life marketing for accountants. Um, So I don't know. Maybe this is pushing me in another direction. Like, at what point do I just cut my losses and move on?
0: Okay, no, hold on a second. The first thing is, do you Mm -hmm. like the job?
3: Um... I do like the job. I, I like. I really love marketing. Marketing for accountants. I don't love it, um, but I really like it. I mean, every day is different, so I really do enjoy
0: that. Okay, so you like marketing. You know, you wouldn't mind marketing other things, but you enjoy marketing, and right now you're not unhappy. So right, you could be happier, but you're not unhappy. Uh, And I, I think this is very is a very interesting situation what i would say is that you know you like marketing yay that's great when you when you have identified something that you enjoy and something you want to pursue it's a real blessing it was <laughs> my shrink said yeah. this to me once cuz i was i was talking about being envious of uh you know peers in my line of work and i don't mean fitness i mean like people who would get talk shows and i wouldn't Mm -hmm. get one and he's like let me tell you the great thing about envy and i was like oh there's a good thing i'd love to hear it and he (laughs) goes it lets you know exactly what you want and i was like whoa okay
1: oh Oh, wow so (laughs) i was like fair enough
0: i I guess i know i guess i know exactly what i truly want because i'm envious and (laughs) so one of the great things is you know what you like here now with that Mm -hmm. said Give, I would give this a little time. I would simultaneously start looking for guy. I hope they don't listen. I would start looking for another job. Me too. I would start looking for a place that appreciates you a place where you mm-hmm. can do marketing and it doesn't have to be for accountants, I would start looking looking for a marketing gig. And it's like you can don't leave the job you have because it's paying the bills. You don't hate it. You don't wish you were dead every single day driving to work. So, right. But I would simultaneously start looking for opportunities where it might be that much more creative for you or they might pay you that much more. And, mm-hmm. you know, while continuing, because there's no problem working on multiple avenues, you know, at the same time. There's, a, there's right. absolutely no reason that if you, you can't be pursuing both paths at the same time. And I, what I would do is, you know, when they come back, cause I would buy some time here because you don't want to kind of force an answer. But right. when they, when they come back and they give you an answer, if they say no, ask why. Yeah. Just okay. say, just say, do you mind if I ask why? And just say, I'm I'm completely open to your feedback. I'd like to know. And don't don't be bitchy about it. Just say, I'd mm-hmm. like to know. And see what you can learn from it. Like, is it because mm-hmm. of this? Is it because of that? Is it because of something I'm doing? Could I do something? Is there something I could be doing better? How can I right. work towards this? What do I need to do to achieve it? Is there any room for growth for me here? Mm-hmm. And so, okay, and then it's like, let them give you an answer. If it's now, we just don't want to pay you. We're cheap. You know, yeah. or we just don't have room for it right now. Or if it's, well, you know, we don't feel that you you're, you have the expertise to warrant that. Okay, well, what does? You know, what do I right. need to do to get there? Ask them that kind of feedback. Our, my employees, the smart ones, ask us that all the time. I'd like to yeah. get to this position. What do I need to do to get there? I'd like to be earning that kind of money. What do I need to do to get there? And we're like, all right, well, we're going to work off of a bonus. And then here's going to be the structure we set up for you. And you'll have to achieve X, Y, and Z. And at the end of the year, they have a little review. And it's like, okay, you hit this benchmark and that benchmark. And you you struggled a little bit here. And it's like, that's life, man. Mm -hmm. You know. And at the same time, I I told our employees, I was like, please don't be afraid. If there's there's critique or criticism you have for us as bosses or with the company, tell Mm -hmm. us. It's, you know, right. it's like we're not coming from this, this throne on high, but the, mm-hmm. so I would simultaneously do both. And, you know, having okay. options is not a bad thing. So the great thing is you're not in an unstable place, right. but it's, it's like you could love the job a little bit more, but you don't hate it, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. it, look and see if there are other opportunities out there you might like. Doing marketing something you enjoy more, making a little bit more money and give this a little time to play out. And it has been six weeks and I might give it another week and then just say, listen, I'm taking the silence as uh, I'm I'm not sure. Don't jump to conclusions. I'm not sure how to interpret the Mm -hmm. silence. Can can you let me know what you're thinking? And can you let me know why you might if the answer is no, can you let don't throw the answer is no out there? Actually, I'm not (laughs) sure how to interpret the silence. Um yeah okay. and then if they say no, then I respect that I or just I respect your answer um but can you give me some feedback as to why that's your answer and is right. there room for growth and how do I get there and so yeah okay. do not do not throw up your arms with this until you get a rejection and then you get feedback on the rejection and then by your time look for other opportunities do not let them know you're looking for other other opportunities though because here's <laughs> what people do. This is... Uh, they threaten. Well, they don't threaten, but they cut you off at the knee. So they go, oh, if she's leaving, yeah. you know, let's get her out of here now. You know, because oh, what's she yeah. going to do on her way out the door? She's already got her foot out the door. And then immediately you're the enemy, and security is cleaning out your desk and escorting you out the door. It's <laughs> yeah, crazy. I really I, I'm telling you, <laughs> it's just unbelievable the way I've seen that work. Mm. So the minute it's over, it's like they, you know, woo. So just... Head right. down. So and, I shouldn't
3: kind of interpret the silence as I think. The longer it goes on, the more demotivated I get, and the more I kind of want to throw up my hands. But I think i no, I might be taking no, it personally. You it's are taking success. it
0: personally. And the the goal yeah. here is is to continue on the path of the goal that you want. And so right. you know you continue to pursue until you get an answer. Uh, you mm-hmm. question, okay, what is the path to get there? Does it exist? And uh, you know right. is there room for self improvement? Then let me tackle that. And simultaneously look for an opportunity elsewhere while paying your bills at a job you don't hate. Right. (laughs) No, not so bad when you put it that way. (laughs) No, you're in a good spot, bud. Perspective. Perspective. (laughs) Thank you very much. I really needed that perspective. Don't don't take this personally. This is not personal in any way, shape, or form.
3: Yeah, okay. I think I put so much of myself into my work that I do take it personally. Of, of course you do. And I, I guess I need to learn that now.
0: <laughs> no, it's just business. It's like, oh, we don't want to yeah. pay her. Oh, damn it. That's all. Yeah. Are we going to lose her if we okay. don't pay her? Ugh. And by the way, you might right. come when you have another job. That's what you're going to mm-hmm. do. I have another offer. Yeah. You want to let me go or you want to beat it? Yeah. That's, that's simple. True. And
3: that's fair to say, right?
0: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. Okay. I I lo- you know, I love this job. I love working for you. Um mm-hmm. but you know, I came to you and there was no room for advancement. So mm-hmm. I you know, I'd like to stay if if you're willing to offer me that promotion and the raise. If not, you know, I'm going to take this other position. Period. Yeah. That's just business, okay. kid okay all right rachel Great.
3: thank you so much I my really appreciate
0: pleasure it. oh there's a new bye. doctor in town there's a new doctor the, the career, career <laughs> doctor <laughs> okay i love it thanks bud bye. i thank that you. the doctor is not quite right <laughs> what is it doctor? coach career, career coach. coach the yeah. career coach yep the career coach that's me <laughs> that's
3: perfect <laughs>
2: thanks bye, bye rachel
3: thanks guys bye hmm. wow all
1: mm-hmm. right hang on a second I was listening.
2: If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Sleisinger. Sleisinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin. That's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes, and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you.